Hey, welcome to another edition of Late Night with Larry. I'm your host, Larry D, here with my co-host, Vince. Vince, give me a shout-out. Hey, welcome back to the Larry D Studios. That's right. We're back again. And tonight, we want to talk a little bit about the Native American culture and their beliefs in the legendary Bigfoot. Not the legend of, the legendary. The legendary. Well, I think we should start it off with a little shot. Since oh, right. Here we go. We'll be talking about uh, our favorite subject once again. That's right. Here's, Here's to you guys. <sighs> Smooth. Booyah. Okay, now, research. We... we we're researching uh, the folklore, the tales, the stories, the beliefs that the Native Americans have about Sasquatch. Now, Sasquatch was a, a term coined by, uh, I believe, is one of the Pacific Northwest tribes, right? Well, it, it was. It was Sasquui is how they used to say it. But it, it, the name Sasquatch came from a reporter who couldn't pronounce. He was doing a story on Bigfoot, but he couldn't pronounce how they said it. So he came up with his own version in the english word sasquatch which he to him sounded like how they pronounced it right and it stuck ever since he published his story it stuck from then out or or bigfoot uh right now i i came across one person who tried to pass all this off as a hoax going back to right before the patterson gimlin film was filmed one of the construction workers at that construction site when they where they found the prints he admitted hoaxing with, you know, fake footprints. So he went back to that, and he's trying to say that this is all one big hoax because scientists don't believe it's possible. <clears throat> but these stories in Native American folklore, they go back <clears throat> way far, even before the settlers were here. That's right. They, they go back as far back as natives inhabited the Americas. Yes. Um, now, on my research, most of the Northwest Native tribes, that's like up in the Northwest, uh, Washington, Oregon, that area, up, up into Canada, they believe that Sasquatch is like a guardian of the forest and we did a podcast on that guardian of the forest but they believe he's a protector and a keeper of the forest now they don't believe that he has magical powers like some other tribes do they just believe that this creature is flesh and blood he eats he sleeps he poops just like human beings so they consider him a brother uh, just from a different tribe and their folklore just gives him credit for protecting the forest and uh some of the tribes up in that area said that they used to you know intermingle with these creatures at one time before colonization happened and the settlers came and that's when things started to change and uh i believe it because that's when the white man brought the disease and everything else to this country so right right now there there are some tribes who consider it to be like uh a mystical being, a spiritual being, right? They do. But a, a lot of the tribes that we researched, even the tribes that are close to here where we're from, they believe it's a flesh and blood creature. Um, now, I, I work with some natives, and they consider... One of the terms they used was uh, the forest people, the forest brothers, the forest elders, the terms like that. Right. And uh, it was funny. I, I know I touched on this before, but... Even around here, they talk about how Sasquatch have abducted women, and they call those women forest brides. 
Right. So if it's a spiritual creature, I don't think it'd be abducting people. Right. And and going back on that note, it's like some of the Plains tribes and tribes like up in the northeastern peninsula of like New York and, and the Catskill Mountains and those areas, they believe that this creature possesses supernatural powers that he could move in and out through dimensions and he's part human, part spiritual and uh, that's why it's so hard to see him that he'll review he'll reveal himself just to who he needs to reveal himself to and uh, for what reasons uh, some of the tribes they say he's a messenger that only reveals himself in times of need or trouble when uh, they said he's sent from God to give us warnings when you see him you know you're off the path of living with nature and obeying god's basically order of the universe is what they right, say right right now they were talking about one of the reasons they think he's a spiritual being is because he could just disappear so fast now last night we were in the hamus mountains and uh, that's one of the subjects we were talking about. Right. Now, we went to our camping spot. We got there probably minutes before it got dark. And we, we, we talked about this for a minute. And we were looking at the surrounding area, the thickness of the forest and the brush. And I told him, you know, if you see a person, a Sasquatch, a bear, or any animal, he takes 10 steps and he's out of view. Right. And and we did. We, we looked and we said, okay, if you see him and you turn around... It would take, and as fast as these creatures move, it would take one, two seconds, and they're already back in the brush, and and you you couldn't see them. You wouldn't be able to pick them out. Right. Now, if they're still moving, you might be able to hear them, but they are pretty stealthy. Um, Even if they take a few steps and they hunker down in the brush where you can't see them, most people I know aren't going to go chasing after them. Right. I don't I don't think too many people will just for the sheer uh, experience of where pe- most people that see them they freeze up they get terrified right. or, and if the creature vocalizes you're doubled for sure not going to go because when they vocalize most people do get terrified right and, and turn the other way but but back to the beliefs that the natives have about them my brother was telling me about a story which I didn't even know that was interesting. And uh, you want to share that story? Yeah, I, I came across it. Uh, I was doing some research, and it was called the Choctaw Indian Sasquatch War of, I believe, 1885. And what happened was uh, these this Choctaw tribe was living... In, in, in pretty much in harmony with the Sasquatch. Now, the Sasquatch would go take things from the tribe, and you know they would just they, they would just let it let it go because they know how big and powerful they were. So they started the Sasquatch started getting more bold over time, and they started stealing supplies from the tribe, you know, from the village, and eventually they started abducting children. So the elders got together and they they had to formulate a plan to stop it. So this was during the time of the settlers, um, and there was a, an outpost not far. There was a general I can't forget. I can't remember his name, but the the tribes members, the leaders, went to this outpost to ask this general for help for finding the children and you know seeing what really happened to them. 
the general said that he knew the Choctaw Indian well enough. Their their relationship with the Indians wasn't very strong. It was more of an understanding. So, you know, they wouldn't go to war. But he said for these natives to come and ask for my help, there must be something seriously wrong. So he agreed to go help them. They got together a couple of soldiers, some of the warriors from the tribe, and they formed a search party. Well, they went out for a few days and... I want to say on the second or third day, they came across a prairie, and then they found some of the remains of the children. I guess the Sasquatch were abducting them and eating them. So they hunted, well, they tracked down the Sasquatch, and there was a, a war. They, they, the general that they asked for help, he was killed. Uh, some of the native warriors were killed, but they killed four Sasquatch. And after the battle was done, they buried the general and the the warriors you know they gave them a, a respectable funeral and the sasquatch they burned the bodies out in the middle of the field as a warning to the other ones that so sends a pretty strong warning right I, I thought that was an interesting story I, I never heard that before fact or fiction i i can't tell you i don't know i wasn't there and just like anything in history did it really happen i don't know we just got to take what, what they tell us we got to face value yeah, right so, but I thought it was very interesting. It's, it's very conceivable, especially if you talk to the tribes around here, the experiences in the past that they've had with the Sasquatch abducting people. So I, I think that's a very believable story. It, it was, and I was, I had never heard that. Now, I did hear similar stories where tribes would go to war with these creatures to where, you know, like most tribes at one time would said that they traded with them, that they would exchange goods with them, and they were, they lived in harmony with them. But I, I guess as settlement happened and, you know, things started to change, at times they would go to war with them for that simple fact that they they would like my brother said they would abduct women and children right. so they would mount war parties and and fend them off and try and get their women and children back now some of the plains tribes that i was reading about uh not so much the northwest tribes but mostly the plain tribes the hopi tribes they considered them to be like the wendigo some tribes said they are the incarnation of the wendigo now the Wendigo is, it's a cannibalistic creature, uh, and from what I've heard, the Wendigo differs from Bigfoot. If you see it, because the Wendigo has like antlers, like a, a deer, right? And uh, but these creatures will attack a human, and and they say they're cannibalistic. So if if you see a Wendigo, of course you're you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and uh, but that some of the tribes believe that the cannibalistic big feet and they call them big feet not bigfoot are incarnation of the wendigo and i didn't know that either until i read some of these stories from these tribes but it's interesting that every tribe out there has a name for sasquatch <clears throat> right. bigfoot whatever you want to call them and, and it goes from wild man of the forest to hairy man to uh, elder, elder brother, they each have a distinct name for Bigfoot. And those names have been around even before the settlers came. Right, right. The, that's why uh, I, I kind of laugh at these people who want to call everything a hoax because it goes, folklore for the natives goes back hundreds, hundreds of years. And these people here, 
they've probably never been off a hiking trail, but they want to write it off as a hoax. Right. Um, and I did read about the family that said that Bigfoot was a hoax, that they made a, the cast out of wood. Well, here's the thing. We know some prominent scientists that have studied cast, and they say these have dermal ridges, so these have to be real. You can't produce dermal ridges in wood. I don't, I don't care how good you are. They'll be able to tell now these ain't real dermal ridges because they don't have the, the bend and give that a human foot would. Right. So that, that again, that tells me that a lot of these people that are trying to say that Bigfoot's a hoax, I'm like, yeah, I call your bluff because why do these tribes have for hundreds of years before they settled these nations, they, uh, they have stories and pictures, drawings of these creatures and right. they're, they're in their folklore. Right, and I want to say even here in Albuquerque, we got the petroglyphs on the west side. I want to say there's a drawings of like hairy men big hairy men right as well as aliens <clears throat> right and that's another thing you know that that's a different topic about the the, the star children and the, the right, gods that right. came but from the stars we're going with the native yeah, american folklore right but uh yeah they they have these things those were their records drawing on the cave walls or drawing on petroglyphs those are their records because they didn't have pen and paper like we do right so that's how they recorded everything and yes all over this country even down into south america they have stories of these creatures yes well actually these creatures they have stories all over the world they have them in russia uh what do they call them in russia it's a yeti the yeti the yeti same as the himalayas right but that goes back centuries centuries now another story i came across when i was doing research was about a native american tribe now they they referred to Sasquatch as the elder brother, the elder forest brother, I believe it was. Now, one particular story, they mounted a, a hunting party, and they had to go, they call it three moons travel, which is three nights or three days. Right. So when they finally got to the hunting grounds where the game was, they killed a deer. It took three nights, three days to get it back. By the time they got it back to the, the tribe where everyone was, the village, the meat was already spoiling, so there was a lot of waste. <clears throat> now, they went back to the same hunting grounds, and uh, one of the hunters got a, a deer. It was a small deer, but, you know, when you need food to, to provide for the family, you'll take what you could get. That's right. So he drew back on his bow, and he released. He took the shot, and he said the Sasquatch came out, he grabbed the arrow, and snapped it. Now... The Sasquatch disappeared after that back into the forest, so they, they, they were all kind of shaken up, but they continued to hunt. Now, another uh, bigger deer, I think they said it was a buck, came out. Another warrior drew back his bow, and before he could let it go, the Sasquatch came out of the forest again and blocked his shot. So, of course, he put his bow down, and they said the Sasquatch chased the deer down and caught it and broke its leg now they were all kind of in shock just seeing what they were seeing right. but the sasquatch once he broke the deer's leg he went and gathered handfuls of different herbs and even some honey and he fed it to the deer and they said that was to kill the pain from the broken leg of the deer 
he threw the deer over his shoulder and he started walking back toward the village. Now all the hunters followed him along the way. They said uh, they had to pretty much run to keep up with him, but they did. And anytime he would come across a creek, he would stop. He would give the deer water. If there was any signs that the deer had any pain, he would give them those same herbs with honey and that would kill the pain of the deer. The Sasquatch took the deer all the way back to the village. They took the deer in the village and they said they all gathered around the deer. They thanked the deer. Then they, you know, dispatched it. They, they killed it. That way, the meat was fresh. There was no waste. But they said as mysteriously as a Sasquatch appeared to block their shots and whatever, he disappeared once they got the deer to the village. And saying that's why so many people think that these creatures have the special powers they do. Now, that story... It, co- it coincides with so many things I've heard from tribal folklore because these creatures, they live off the land and the land only. And, you know, yes, the tribe members say when they're around, they smell, they're foul odored. But, you know, if you live in the forest all your life and you eat raw protein like these creatures do, you know, I, I, I don't know what they truly eat, but they say they eat the raw protein from some of the stories I've heard, they, they favor the liver and the heart. And people are like, why, why would they eat the liver and the heart and leave the rest of the carcass for other wild scavengers? Well, if you're a big muscle creature like that and you need protein, of course you could get it from the nuts and the berries and whatnot. But every now and then maybe it's a delicatess and, you delicacy. Know, delicacy for them. And uh, but the, but, the but, heart yeah. and liver are the highest in protein in the animal. But going back to that subject, I've heard other stories where they have ripped the legs off and taken them. Well, I mean, they could do that too. And But see, these are different stories that I hear in different parts. Now, what I hear the Northwest tribe say about the heart and the liver, that's in the Northwest. Now, we come to the East Coast and in the Kentucky area, and you hear, and they're like, yeah, they ripped the carcass apart and and took it now the stories in texas and the big thicket yeah they destroy the carcass they use it all and uh so just like there's different tribes i'm gonna i'm gonna say there's different tribes of these creatures as well right because the behavior countrywide seems to be different from the northwest canada up in the Catskills, Kentucky, Texas. Yeah, and it's it's the same with human behavior, I believe. Right. Like we are from a small town, we moved to a bigger city, and human <clears throat> behavior is so much different, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. back where we're from, everything kind of moves at a much slower pace. And we're both military. We live we lived in California. We lived in big cities where the pace coming from a small town the pace kind of blows you away at first until you get used to it right and and you know it does i mean i lived in la chicago i was stationed on the east coast norfolk uh, and you know i got used to city life it moving fast i lived in indianapolis and i come back here and especially the small town when we go visit our family I love my family, but I can't wait to leave. Right. It's in and out. Yes, it's in and out. Now, and, and that that's what brings me to my next point about the Sasquatch having human features. Like you said, depending on their location, they may act differently. And, and I do believe that's true. It's the geographical location is yes. how they act. Now, back to eating the livers and stuff. Maybe it depends on the location. 
maybe where they're at in the Pacific Northwest, the nuts, the berries are plentiful, so there's plenty to eat. And they so are. they just eat the protein that they need, right? And and they leave the rest, so it's not wasted for the scavengers, right? And 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 that's why a lot of people say when you hear Bigfoot howls, you hear coyotes. Yeah, coyotes are smart. They follow. We have them at work. They follow us around to beg for scraps. They probably do the same with the Bigfoot. I'm sure they do. And and they would have good eating if they follow them creatures. Yes, and uh, th- that also brings me back to that story we heard at the Sasquatch Festival the, about the natives in this area That's where right. the men were taken away and the Sasquatch would bring carcasses to feed the women and children. They would, and, and the pieces of the carcass that were missing were the liver and the heart. Yes. But they would bring the carcass and lay it down for the women to get it and and it was during the winter time when they knew that these women and these children couldn't go hunt now this is told by a navajo elder and uh she said she lived it she saw it so i'm not going to question her no if she lived it and saw it uh, i'm not going to insult her and call her a liar what one thing i've learned about since we've been over the last few years, we've really dove deep into this subject, into aliens, into other stuff, folklore, and um, I've learned not to doubt somebody's story. Because some people tell it with such conviction, they believe it, so I got to believe it. And like I said, I can't call them a liar because I wasn't there. That's my philosophy. If I wasn't there to say, no, it didn't happen, then I really can't. Even if it's total fable, um, I'm going to respect your story. Why? Because now we have our own stories of things we've heard, and I don't want people just looking at me and saying, you're a fool, you're an idiot. Right. Now, when I had my encounter, I learned real quick, be careful who you tell your story to. That's right. Because I was ridiculed. And and most people are afraid to tell the stories because they're ridiculed. But, you know, you get some of these. For one, it's hard to get the tribes and tribal members to tell you the story because they just don't want to talk to outsiders about tradition, the folklore, the stories. So it's really hard. So when you finally get them to finally tell you about some of their tradition and folklore, you better be you better respect them right or they will shut tight and you'll never you'll never get another word out of them right and and to get them to open to you they obviously respect you that's right they you got to earn the respect before they will talk to you i will say that right but they do have interesting stories folklore i mean not only on sasquatch but skinwalkers and skinwalkers are really big in this area and there's some great stories and they're, they are kind of tight-lipped about the stories unless they know you. Right. We've been trying to get some people to come and tell their stories, but that's a difficult task, but hopefully we will. Now, right. I, w- I want to go to, real quick touch on, I work with a native man, and he has some property. Uh, it's in northern New Mexico. Uh, he has cattle and stuff. Uh, now, it's, it's big enough that hunters could go hunt on his land. And just recently, as last week, he told me stories about he has Sasquatch activity. Now, he, he just calls it the howler. I have a howler. The howler's back is what he told me because he hears them off at the, in the distance at night. And he's even had visual sightings like coming home from work at night. Now, last week, it's, it's hunting season here in New Mexico. There were some hunters on his property. And they came over and they asked him one morning, we saw somebody in, early in the morning in a ghillie suit. Right, and, and he's like, "No, you, you just saw the howler." 
That's... And to me, that'd be like, wow, amazing. But him, he lives with it every day. So it's just another day for him. Well, and that's just uh, that's just how some of the natives are. I mean, they're they're used to it. They're on their property. I I just read a, a post on my Facebook group, and it's about the north northwest and their natives. Um, they were taken to her friend's property and they were hiking. And she says, "I have Bigfoot on my property." Well, in her post, she talked about and she posts some good pictures. And now, if they're genuine. I, I don't know, but I'm going to believe they are because they talked that while they hiked, they heard someone following them. And she said, that's a Bigfoot following us. And some of the pictures she posted, we've seen the same structures, uh, branches hanging in a different way, bands and like stick structures built. I'm like, that's typical from what we know what Sasquatches do. Right. But it was on this native woman's property and she said they're here and they don't harm her they don't bother her so that's that's what i'm saying the folklore and the tales like they're in the northwest doing this and they're left alone but they're watched um now bring it to texas and the big thicket they would have probably been abducted or or chased out chased out yes most definitely from the stories i heard down there Right. So I guess it does depend what region they are and, you know, and the tribes that are spread out throughout the nation, they have their interactions with them. And that's going to determine the folklore that we hear. Right. Now, like we, we talked about before, it could be the geological location up here where we are. These mountains go north. Who knows how far? So if, right. if humans kind of intrude on their property, they're more passive because they got more they could move to. Right. In, in East Texas, who knows? You know, they're fighting for every inch of land they could get. So the, that could be why they're aggressive. They feel they're cornered in. And that's why we need to make a trip and check it out. That's right. I do. I would like to make a trip to the big ticket. Now, there's people that I could reach out to and they said that we're welcome to contact them and they will take us out and we will get squatch activity without a doubt right but we will have to make a disclaimer on our podcast before that this will be the last time you see us right no and and they they said they are violent and they will let you know that you're not wanted there and 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 i'm gonna believe it because you know based on our research and what we dig into they're different wherever they go now I, i i i tend to think that they migrate but Really, when we think about it, I mean, we were up in the Hamas last night and we were driving, and how many how many deer did we see? A lot. And I'm like, there, there's plentiful food. If they want deer, it's there. There's plenty of water. There's the lake. They, there's they don't need to travel if they don't want to. And and every deer we saw, they had two or three fawns with them. Right. So there's plenty of there's plenty of good eating up there. Yeah, and we always. What did you see last time? A bunch of wild turkey. We yeah. see quail. I seen I seen like a trail of twenty wild turkeys. I seen about thirty quail running around. And and these mountains are loaded with pinon nuts. That's now right. not only the the animals the sasquatch love them but the people go nuts over them that's right these i i would think that if we have a group of squatches up in the hamas that they don't need to travel now they may go up and down the mountain chain colorado and new mexico but there's plenty plenty of wildlife for them right. to eat. and and the key in the hamas is there's water everywhere 
everywhere, everywhere. We were up there last night, and we we drive through this one section, and we noticed, we said, where's this water coming from? Well, you know, the Hamus, it, it's an old volcano, so you have hot springs. Water bubbles up everywhere. Right. Now, it's the road. The road actually sinks in. Right. And when a road sinks in, there's mud underneath because there's water. Now, there, there was water coming off the side of the road water everywhere yeah and so but, that's but, not an issue for them but yet it didn't rain <laughs> right it hasn't rained in a while but we encourage you all to dig into the internet or if you know any natives talk to them see what their folklore is about sasquatching <clears throat> you may be interested in what they have to say right you, even if you're still on the fence like we were at one time right the stories are amazing they're just great if you if you could research it or Better yet, get them to open up and tell you the stories that have been passed down for generations. There's some really intriguing stories. They, they are. They're interesting. They're, they, they come with a message, all of them. Yes. And uh, just respect it. Right. Don't laugh at it and don't tell them they're full of shit. Or right. And, I, it, and if it, you're not going to believe, don't ask to tell for them to tell. Right. Because that's just how tribal members are they're 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 a different breed of people and you know and and like i tell my brother we have native in us that's why we're so fucked up <laughs> whoa yep okay Yo. <laughs> no. <laughs> no we're not we just we're just different people right but um the natives they take their culture their beliefs very serious yeah and and maybe that's why my kids would always tell me dad why are you so damn serious right and maybe that's what's lacking in our culture today people have gotten away from their beliefs right. of their culture and stuff and and and, and i respect the stories they tell i love them and it's it's interesting it's interesting and i guess i like it because we have we've dived into this subject like like I've never dived into any subject, and right. and uh, I'm gonna see my sighting someday. Like my brother had his experience, I'll have mine. Yeah. And until that day, I'm gonna keep digging and searching. Now, before we go on that note, tribes also say that you know they know. I've said this before, but tribal members have also said they know the minute you get in the forest, and they know if you're looking for them, and that's why you're not gonna find them. Right. Just I, we talked about this last night, and yeah. I told him, just like somebody drives up in your driveway, you know they're there before they know you you see them, right? And you kind of size them up, and you decide if you're going to answer the door or not. And based on where you are, according to the natives, spiritually, your need, they may reveal themselves to you because that revealing it's bringing a message to you. You may not know it at the time, but. Later on, it'll come to you. Yeah, we, we've got awfully close. I mean, I, I, it was dark. I've seen them in the dark, but maybe one day we'll get that Class A sighting we're looking for. We may, and uh, I'm going to just believe that because every time I go up with my brother, I'm looking for them. They let us know they're there, but I they definitely seen them yet. They definitely let us know. Uh, every time we go to, for instance, that campsite we go to, right? It was totally different. There's things, there's always something different that we can pick out that's maybe questionable, like a, a tree broken, uh, pushed over, uh, a limb, you know, the, the how they curve them and stuff. Right. No, and, and it is different. But 
that's what we wanted to share with you guys tonight and we hope you enjoy it and we encourage you to really look at some of the native folklore concerning bigfoot sasquatch yes do your own research Yes. And, and but before we go, how can they get a hold of us? You can email us at late night with Larry fifty five at gmail dot com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on YouTube. Just type in late night with Larry and just episode one through fifty six, and we'll pop up. And if you look for us on YouTube, you get to see our ugly faces. That's right. Now you'll see our ugly faces. For the first few, you're just going to get audio. But now you'll get our ugly faces. Yeah, you, you'll see uh, Mickey needs to cut my eye. That's right. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Hit the subscribe button. And we'll be back with more. Peace. Peace.